On Second Shot, we tackle two new headlines every week to find out what kind of wisdom the world is dishing out today. And we want you to be a part of that. When you see a headline you want to take a second shot at, or if you're looking for advice, or just want to tell us what you think of the show, email us at secondshotcast at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, rate us on iTunes. This helps us move up in the ratings so more people will see us. And if you want to hear more, subscribe to the show so that the new episodes will get straight to you every single Friday. We love you. Thanks for listening and enjoy. There's a lot of news in the world today. News that might surprise you, startle you, upset, or maybe impress. News that's not always for the faint of heart. That's why the man who failed his way to success, Heath Oaks, is stepping up. Tackling today's headlines with ignorance on fire in a way only a millennial mogul can. Take off your sport coat, grab a beer, and enjoy the conversation. This is Second Shot with your host, Heath Oaks. I have an extreme, extreme treat for everybody today. Oh. You know how there's those things where everybody, you know, with stuff with accents and stuff, there's the, <laughs> you know, the some that are like, that a, a woman goes, I just love hearing this accent. You know, those ones that are pleasant yeah, to the like ears. Like yours. Well, I was going to say mine's on the opposite <laughs> end, where I'm the one that it's like, my, my accent can be very annoying. Is it? Yeah. I, 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 what a lot of people I've say. I've always thought it's charming, but all right. Yeah, sure. Now, now you know Zach and Matt in the house as always, but our special guest has got the most like, just like, just cool, <laughs> calm. Like y'all are gonna be very, y'all are gonna want him all the time. My buddy Stop Aaron here. Yes. I'm embarrassed, man. You embarrass me. You <laughs> had to start out with the accent. I love it. I mean, the Australian accent is just it's it's just calming, is it not? Yeah, yeah. it's great. Yeah, it's it? funny when I I've been in the states almost twenty years now, so I I've had to smooth mine out a little bit so people understand you. When you're fresh off the boat, it's it's horrible. <laughs> is it? You can't order food. People that don't know what you're talking about, you know. Well, I know what you're talking about being an East Texan because even in America, in even in Dallas, I have to repeat my. I mean, I my <laughs> wife and I, my wife has had to learn, you know, redneck because. She don't understand half the things I say most of the time. We, we do have a brilliant battle of the accents going here. I realize now you two talking to each other. I'm like, okay, yeah, you're right. This is going to yes. be a, it's going to be a bumpy ride of an episode, but it'll be yeah. good. Yeah, yes. it'll work out. Well, you've got the radio voice. Oh, uh, thank you. Yeah, that's yes. what I'm going for anyway. Yeah, that's, you're, you're bringing the pro level. That's all. I've yeah, got. he's like the Midwestern, like with nothing. You know, grew up in Houston, but he has zero just, accent. Mm. Just the flat. Yeah, parents from Michigan. Somewhere along the way, I just lost it. Yeah, just the flattest, most basic. I don't know. Oh, that's a great voice, man. Thanks. That's yeah, great voice. that's what I'm going for. <laughs> yeah. That's all I got. So I met Aaron. I got to meet Aaron several years back, and um, his wife, Tiffany, has been on the show before as well. Yes. And I've been trying to get him to come on the show and finally got him to come on. And in the third segment uh, of, of this episode, we'll get to know more about Aaron, his journey, and, and his story as well. Um, but I'm glad to have you on, and, and hopefully my listeners don't ask to kick me out and have only you because <laughs> your accent's so smooth and nice yeah anybody reaching out saying more Aaron please uh, let us know send us an email secondshotcast.com yeah. <laughs> yeah and um, I have a feeling this first headline can and may have a little uh, um, emotion tied to it with some people I think and let me tell you I love when we get into headlines like this because often it, like the stuff that I'm most often afraid to talk about on a show that I'm like ah, I don't know if we should do like that's the best stuff yes. sometimes the best stuff is the stuff that you're not sure about yes, yes. our first headline today Nike shares fall after Colin Kaepernick ads revealed Nike shares fell Tuesday after the company selected the controversial former San Francisco 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick as the new face of the athletic wears company just do it campaign which is celebrating its 30th anniversary the thing said believe in something even if it means sacrificing everything hashtag just do it 
Kaepernick has been with Nike uh, since 2011. The athlete is currently a free agent and has not played on an NFL team since the 2016 season. Big headline for second shot. So for the people that have been under a rock, I'm going to give you why this is a headline. It is Colin Kaepernick kneeled to protest and um, protest police right. brutality and oppression and, and everything like that and kneeled at the national anthem in, in football and it has caused a big uproar. And if you're under a rock, you don't know about this story um, only. What I want to make a disclaimer on, everything we're going to talk about has zero to do with this story, my thoughts, my beliefs, or anything at all, okay? Everybody totally understand here. I'm not talking about this. The headline and the move made me think of something that I want to talk about, but it's not to do with the headline. I'm not giving my opinions on it or anything like that, but this gives me a deal that I want to talk about risk. Risk. Okay, kind of like talking about this. Yes, you know, ideologically independent here. Like we're not, we're not going into the weeds on it. It's fine. So you know make sure everybody knows. D- d- so no politics, no politics. No politics. You know what yeah, I yeah. think is interesting about this though, and I just um, thought about it. Yeah. The fact that the ma- the markets took it down mm-hmm. is an interesting thing. Yes. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And the markets really they price in the news. It's a truthful reaction of how you know people feel. If it, if you know, the value of a company goes down. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I feel, I feel the opposite way. I think, I think for the reason he thinks, I, I'm, I'm surprised it went down. I, I, I'm really because this is a, it's I, a surprising I, thing out of Nike. It, no, I knew it'd go down right away. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, it, it shows it, I, I knew it would go down right away because there would be weight. You understand the markets go up and down with people with investors either putting more money in or putting out. Right. It's I guarantee sen- investors. Yes, investor sentiment. Absolutely. So I guarantee there's a lot of investors that came out, got scared about what was going to happen, pull their money out, and the share drops. Now, that not to say by the time this podcast recorded that it is, is not back up because mm. other investors go, I'm investing because of it. You know, who knows? Right. Um, but I, I thought it was interesting because it hit me with risk and talking about how you got to take risk in life, you got to take risk in business. Um, you have to do, you have, it, there's times that you know it is go for it or, or nothing, right? Um, and, and I think about it like Kodak, you know, Kodak was the large, one of, I mean, if not number one, top three largest companies in the world at one time. Nobody really realizes Kodak actually developed the first digital camera ever. Mm. But they shunned it, put it aside because it would kill their whole business model because their whole business model was film and, and all that, right? Mm-hmm. And digital would kill So they killed it. Kodak is now almost nothing. They're, they're almost nothing. So like they didn't take a risk on the new technology. They wanted to stick with everything old and they're nothing. And then you take a lot of these mid-cap companies that are doing things, taking a risk to rebrand or to redo. You know, Dunkin' Donuts is, is, is moving from the kind of the bigger stores to the smaller like drive through really quick type thing sure even though they're a long established company but they knew they had to do something to make a move and really stick more in the beverage market not the other stuff and and we don't know if that risk will pay off or not mm. but uh, ihop changed their name to ihop well, for like a month yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that was a the thing they did sure. a risk there whatever it was and and aaron you know you and i've talked along a lot of times in and being in your career you've taken lots yeah. of risk and you know it's it's scary to take them yeah but it's the only way to grow. I agree. When you're safe, you don't grow. I agree. You and and don't mean? you just feel stagnant when you're safe? Like if you're just kind of going mundane and going through motions, don't you just like, I feel like if depression hits, that's when it starts hitting is when you're just going through motions. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of thrilling to take that risk. It is. And that's, that's the faith thing. You oh know, yeah. That I'll probably talk about in my story, but 
you know, that's been a big thing for me. And, and they go hand in hand, risk, faith, risk. Oh, I agree. that's you know true. I mean, you're stepping out into the unknown. And it's interesting that Kodak, they saw that wave coming and then they shunned away from it. Well, they created it. <laughs> they they no, were no, the ones they, that started it. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they, their engineer created the and first they, digital camera. And then they just backed out. They oh, fired him and everybody else because that would kill their business right. model. Film, film sells for more. Mm. What's weird about this? <laughs> we, we talked about this How much did that show. backfire? Yeah, that, that didn't work out great. It's, uh, it's like Blockbuster laughing Netflix out yep. the door. You remember that? Mm. Yeah. Uh, it's weird about this because Nike, like, you know, they're, they're not New Balance. They're not some little itty bitty shoe company. Like, they're a big deal. They got stores and malls. It looks like the Apple store. Like, they sell athletic wear. Like, Nike is Nike. We know Nike. Mm. Everybody knows Nike. It's practically a household name. Why take a risk like this? You, you know, nobody knows that. I mean, I, 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 I wouldn't have a clue. Yeah. We were um, in the boardroom. We yeah, don't know. I, but I would say that you know when it's time to take you a risk, right? Like, like and it's scary. And, and you know what's interesting? And Aaron, you're a guy who has been on your roller coaster through, I mean, in the music industry is a, uh, is a roller coaster. It sure is, yeah. You know? And it's so funny that... You know, I talk about with my book, Ignorance on Fire. We talk about knowledge on ice and things. The more that I've, more knowledge I've gained, the harder it is to take risks. Right. You know, when I didn't know as much, it was like, I'm going to go do it. Ignorance is bliss. You it know really I mean? is. Yeah. Is it not? I mean, um, can you look back in times and think about times when you maybe should have taken a risk or when you did take risk and how it turned out? No, I mean, I just, I've always take, taken a yeah. risk. You know, I've been out of, my, out of my comfort zone for about 20 years, I think. <laughs> um, and, you know, I remember when I was 23 years old, I'll tell the story later, but I had a, a big breakthrough success, you know, in my very beginning as a songwriter. And I thought, you know, if this doesn't work out, I'll give it like, I'll give it till I'm 25. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then I can go back to university or whatever and get a degree or finish my degree um, that I, you know. Um, and, you know, just the years go by and... Still I, in for it. For me, it's like, it's this or nothing. Yep. Never give no up. No plan B. And I just decided, you know, that my whole life is about music and writing songs no matter what, you know, and I think you have to kind of burn burn those bridges or burn the... Boats. What is it? Burn, burn the ships? Yeah, burn the ships. Oh, burn the ships, yeah. <laughs> Something, you know what I mean? But it's 100% commitment, more than that. You know, and all, all the mentors, all the people I look up to, it's like you really need to give it, uh, you know, a thousand percent. Otherwise, you're not going to make it. The world is so competitive. And, and the thing is, the only, way, the only way you move forward is by taking risk. Mm-hmm. And so no matter how big you are or however it is, if you stay stagnant, you're going to die. Kodak was one of the largest companies in the world. And it's obsolete now. Like Apple... Yeah has the potential that in 20 years can be obsolete no more. I know it's hard for people to believe, but it's possible mm-hmm. if they don't keep taking risks to move forward. And and I think us in our personal lives too, we, we get too hung up on scared to take that leap of what's going to happen when if you don't, yeah, look, there's times you're going to take your risk and it has for me too, that it doesn't work out. Right. The story doesn't end up pretty. Okay. But I, one thing I do know is if I don't take them, I know it's not going to either. I know I'm not going to be moving forward. I'm not going to be growing. I'm not going to be learning. I'm, I'm going to be stagnant. I'm not going to be fulfilled. And so I can sit there and try to milk in that and not take that risk. Never put myself out there to be ridiculed or to be told I was dumb for doing that or, you know, all of those things. But yet I'm still going to be here and, and I'm going to be going backwards instead of forward. So I'm going to tell you, if you've been sitting on that, you know, that, that teeter-totter trying to figure out what to do just take the risk take the jump no matter what it is if, if you feel 
you know, if you feel passionate, if you feel sold on it, you got to go. Whatever it takes, burn your bridges, burn the ships, take the risk, make it happen. If you fail, take another risk. One of those risks will pay off, I can promise you. We'll be back in a minute on the second segment of Second Shot. He's a suit and tie kind of guy with deep southern roots. Keith Oaks hosts more of Second Shot coming up on RNCN. To all my friends in the great state of Texas, if you have not taken advantage, I have a way to save you a ton of money. I have saved over about $3,000 in the last year, and I have no hassle. Go to energyogre.com, put in the promo code Second Shot. Now listen, promo code Second Shot, and you're going to get a free month just for signing up and saving a ton of money. So don't be crazy. Stop sitting around talking about is this the real deal, and go do it right now. Energyogre.com, promo code Second Shot in a free month. Thanks. Go get it now. Run. Ready? Aim. Fire. Second Shot is back for another round on RNCN. The other thing that stinks is I'm going to start doing, I just thought about it, is I'm going to make sure I have me an umbrella in my car from now on. Like, <laughs> trying to one. run in being completely, I don't either, yep. but like, walking in today being completely soaked, I was like... It's a good downpour out there. It is. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. coming down. down. I'm like, that would have been smart, but again, I've never been accused for being a smart person, so... He took a you risk. Know. Well, at some point, you've Aaron got comes that. in looking all perfect, has his umbrella like a smart person. <laughs> Thanks to the Cattle Baron's Bull. <laughs> you know, the gift bag that they give you at the end? Yep. That's, I put that aside for the rainy day, rainy day and it happened today. So. I, come, I come walking in, and I'm literally got water all over me, and Aaron sits there and looks like he's, you know, the perfect, like, Australian model guy, like, not a drop of water, and I'm like, man... With his umbrella. Well, Made me jealous. I had yeah. to look good for you for the show today. <laughs> it's yeah. true. This yeah. is filmed. Yeah, that's yes. important. Uh, our next story, Heath, I think you can have a little bit little bit to say about this because this yeah. is kind of recent development for you. Uh, yeah. Lawnmower parents are the new helicopter parents, and we are not here for it. Uh, lawnmower parents uh, are, are parents that go to whatever lengths necessary to prevent their child from having to face adversity, struggle, or failure. Instead of preparing children for challenges, they mow obstacles down so kids won't experience them in the first place. This is not... Like helicopter parents, who are parents who just kind of hover and watch and 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 are always around their kids, right? That's a helicopter yep. parent. Yep. Lawnmower parents are knocking down obstacles for you. We'll 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 break that door in. You don't have to do it. Relax. Not gonna let you fall. Yeah, not gonna let you fall. Um, that. But the argument against this is, therefore, you won't learn to get back up. Yep. So Heath, it, you're a new parent. What, what do you? Well, here's what's funny is, before I had a child. I was he's like that's crazy that's that shouldn't be hard you should you gotta let him fail because I, I was the guy who like my my parents let me fail hit my head you know they put let me do the risky stuff the things like that to where I learned right um so I'm like oh no that's y'all are crazy y'all, that should be easy I mean but when you have a little girl it, when she's crawling up on that chair and I know she's about to fall nothing in my body wants me to let her fall all I want to do is grab her and not let her hit her head because not a drop of me makes that girl want to have any pain whatsoever throughout life. However, <laughs> the reality and the when if I get emotion out of it, knowing reality of life is failing, falling, hitting your head, doing all that. So like I'm not going to be able to do that forever. And so I either want to make a decision on 
let that happen now while she's in my care where I can pick her up and say, it's all right, you can go again. Or later in life when I'm not able to be around and she doesn't has no, and has no idea how to react to it, right? Yeah. And we see that in our generation today with a lot of people, not just... I think it's more in general. I don't even know if it's general. It doesn't even feel like it's generational hardly to me as much as it's just so many entitled people. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm a bit older than you guys. You know, <laughs> I actually remember a time where there was no internet, yeah. <laughs> no cell phones. And, um, you know, I think that so much of it is created by, you know, kids and uh, millennials, the, the, you know, generation now seeing a perfect life all the time mm-hmm. on Instagram. And it's not real. No. You know, but it, but they think you think it's real. Yeah. You know what I mean, and that's why there's so much anxiety, depression, whatever. You see all the stats about Facebook, yep. you know, and all that sort of stuff. People looking at perfect lives and wishing their life, you know, was was as good as that. It's not. It's not real. You know, it's a tough job as a parent, man. You know. Yeah. But what you just said hit me. That that's that's a you know, that is the thing that's different nowadays. And 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 all of depression, everything's on the rise because I think that it is. People have this thought now. That this is how life's supposed to be. And that's where I think it's even more important for influencers and people that are stuff they look at to be open and telling the truth of their stories. Yeah, be real. More and more. Yeah. Um, that way to let people know that, hey, yeah, I am here. But let me tell you, this all had to go through in order for that to happen. And that that stuff is reality. You know, life is tough. Life's going to kick you in your teeth. You know. Yeah, it's not it, pretty. No, <laughs> the lawnmower the lawnmower parents are the parents that have the participation trophies for everybody, you know? Not the ones that let somebody know where they win and somebody loses, you yeah. know? Because in life, you, you win and you lose. And I've said this before, but, you know, as a kid, I got my butt whooped after we won a baseball game, and I've got my butt whooped after we lost. Because after we won, I was a braggadocious, you know, arrogant, throwing it in everybody's face, and I got whooped that that ain't how you handle yourself. And I got whooped when I cried and whined and threw a fit after we lost on, no, you be a good loser. You suck it up. They were better than you. You got to work harder next time. Those were such impactful lessons in life for me. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for those, I don't know. I mean, th- those things have stuck with me forever. Yeah. And it was key. If I wasn't able to, to mow those obstacles down myself and get fall- and fallen down, I mean, how can, you know, all this stuff and knocks and scrapes that go along in life, like you don't know how to react to that thing. And I, and I think you're right. I think that's where that depression and everything comes in is that you just don't know how to handle it. And it's tough because I think I do wonder if there's less opportunity now um, to, to let your kids kind of go off and do their own thing. My mom loves to talk about how when we were kids, we used to go to uh, Mexico because mm-hmm. when they moved to, from Michigan to Texas, they, they moved to this place called the Valley, which is right next to the border. And, and, uh, we would go down there to visit friends and we go over the border just like just you know not like way deep into Mexico just you know a couple blocks in and and my parents would give my sister and I both like 20 bucks when we were like 12 and 10 and she'd be like go for it see you in three hours yeah like nowadays that's insane yeah, like yeah, you yeah. would be arrested for letting your kids do that in, yeah. a, in a foreign country but like back then that was cool because there was like just I guess less of an understanding that like the world might be a scary place and bad things might happen and letting us go off and do that thing was great for independence. Like yep. I was in a foreign country, I was ten years old, and yeah. I had to figure out how to exchange money with somebody for something. Like that's that's great, but you had to I would never let fly. my kids do that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I do. Buy. I do wonder. I bought this. I bought this cool like <laughs> fake skull thing that I still have in my apartment that's today. Funny. Believe it or not, it's the dumbest thing. But uh, I was like, look, mom bought a skull. She's like, wow. All right, that's me. <laughs> yeah. I was ten. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Next time she gave me ten dollars. But uh, I, I do wonder if like. Part of this is because we, you know, we we watch news and we consume media, and when we 
the world is a scary place. Mm-hmm. And we know that more now. Not that it wasn't then. Yeah. Like, it, it probably still was just as bad. Um, but I think it's easy for people to get scared. And, and, and like, you do have to find that balance, not only at home, when yeah. you don't want your daughter to fall off a chair, but also, like, in public, in the world. Yeah, when, like, you have to step back and say, okay, you go do you. Like, you're on your own here. It's, it's got to be difficult to, to instill that ownership. And in same thing in leadership, too, and being around people, managing people or any of that, and, 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 and being in any part of company that you've got to let You've, you, you've got to let people figure things out on their own sometimes. Um, I always talk about the analogy. Like, I, I, everybody goes, how do you let, when you got that person driving to the tree and you know they're going to fail right and hit that tree, how do you stop them from hitting it? I go, you don't. I, I reach over and I hit the gas pedal. <laughs> I do. Because I'm a hard-headed, stubborn person. And hard-headed and stubborn people are going to want to try things on their own. But if they hit the tree, they will be humble to go, all right, you tell me what to do. That didn't work, okay? Arrogant people get back in the car and go to another tree. That's people you, you can't deal with, okay? Yeah. But I know that me, I'm, I may have to try it myself, and so I just steer people to hurry up and get in there. Mm-hmm. And then getting out and going, okay, now let me guide you how it is. Because if you keep restraints on people and go, no, you only do this. Don't try anything creative. Don't try anything else. Uh, you stay right here. They're always going to wonder, and they may not ever fully do it because they're going to want to be trying to do it their own way, and you're going to have a big tug of war match nonstop. Right. Mm. You know, you got to let people go to obstacles and hit them and go through. That's the only way you get breakthroughs too. Right. You never know what happens. And then yeah. failure is underrated. I agree, way, but I, it is also important to draw a line, right? Yep. If if Brighton's you know on a chair that's a foot tall over carpet or a pillow not so bad she's halfway up like a bookshelf okay now you got a problem yeah like yeah. so you got to find that balance somewhere and i think it's it's a lot of times it just feels easier for parents to go you know what i'll just watch everything i'll just do it all and like that How is detrimental are, in the long run were you did you were your parents lawnmower parents helicopter parents mm-hmm. or they what was that like um you know i just uh, we grew up on a dairy farm you know my dad was like he's the hardest working guy yeah i've ever known you know what i mean and my mom was awesome so she raised three boys you know, and you know, if, if you if you milk cows, you get up at like four in the morning and you go to sleep at ten at night. So it's funny. Something about had, Australia, I don't think about milking cows. Yeah, yeah. No, there's got lots of cows over there yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, they had different jobs, but you know, I was thinking about you know your responsibility as a parent. I don't have kids, yeah, but I think so much of it is kids. They copy what they see, not yeah. what they hear. It's true. You can talk till the cows come home. No, no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No pun intended, but um, it's it's what they see you doing, your example that you set in life that they, they end up copying. And kids are always going to grow up and do stupid stuff and rebel and push the limits and all that sort of stuff. But then when they make the mistake, they're probably going to go back to the example that you set. Yep. That they saw when you were growing up. You know what and I mean? And if they and never got to make mistakes, they don't have an example to fall back on. Exactly. You know what I mean? Well, like later in life, like, like if, gonna, you, if you never let them do anything. Well, the thing is, they're going to do it anyway. Yeah, they're going to do it anyway. They're going to make mistakes. And, and that's the thing. Like kids these days, they have to understand that you've got to pay your dues. Yeah. In whatever you decide to do in life, you might be good at it. You still got to pay your dues. Yep. You know what I mean? And that's where you make mistakes and you decide, okay, well, am I going to keep going? And even though this is hard, am I going to keep persisting through all the mistakes, all the all the failures until I actually get to the success, mm. that's what great greatness comes from. Letting them go through that too, that's what creates resiliency. Yeah. And resiliency is just... It's everything almost. It's everything. Persistence it's, is everything. Oh. Persistence. And you yeah. know, they say the definition of resiliency is, is, is the elastic of a rubber band popping in and moving back into form. You know, I like that kind of example of 
you know, it's kind of like you, you get you bend backwards, but you get right back in into form, and that's resiliency and, and being able to go through that. And mm. you know, as much as I never want my daughter's heart to be broken, I never want her to have any pain in life at all. I also know that if if I let her have that while I'm around, while she's young enough to still listen and think, think dad is may know something, you know, when she gets older and, and, and thinks the opposite. Um, I want to be able to, I'd rather have those when I can be there to help coach her through that. And so it's the same thing I think with people and you, that you're leading, be there with them, let them go through that and help coach them of why they did that and what to do better and how to get through that to teach them that resiliency that, and that it's okay to go through failures. It's okay to have to have obstacles that maybe you can't break through it and you need to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Maybe trying to get over that wall. Look, it's okay to ask for help. And no telling how many people, I don't care what anybody says, I'm a self-made millionaire. You were never self-made. You had to have people yeah. around you. There's, there's no success that I have at all that has zero to do with anybody else but me. It all has to do with everybody else. I, nothing I have would, would be absolutely possible without everybody else around so don't be afraid to ask for that help you know and and i think that if you let your if you're leading a team or you have children as hard as it is you've got to get the emotion out of it and let people fail life is going to punch them in the face they need to know what it's like how it feels and how to react and you got to be there to be the parent the coach the leader to coach them through that know what's going to happen let them go to it even though you're telling them better off doing other things, let them hit those walls and then be there to coach, guide them, pick them up um, when they got somebody around to do that. Because there's going to be a time in life when they're alone and they get punched in their face and they don't have anybody there to do it. And, and they can fall back on those efforts of it all. Um, and, I, and I'm saying it that I know it's easier said than done now. I didn't before, but now I do know it's easier said than done. But I got to hope I can stick with it. So. I hope you're not a lawnmower parent. I hope you're not a lawnmower leader, and I hope you really let people hit it over. So we'll be back in a minute to learn a little more about Aaron on the third segment of Second Shot. Now that's what I call ignorance on fire. More of Second Shot with Keith Oaks still to come. You guys have been listening to Second Shot and hearing us talk about it. You need to go pick up my book, Ignorance on Fire, A Journey of Felling Your Way to Success. You can get it on Amazon in a paper book. You can also hear this beautiful voice of mine in audiobook style on Audible or anywhere you're going to get your audiobooks. Guys, this book took a lot of time to put into it, and I believe it can really be some life-changing stuff to help you on your path to success. And hopefully you're going to fail your way to success just like I did. Ignorance on Fire, A Journey of Felling Your Way to Success. Amazon.com, Audible.com, audiobooks, paper books, everything. Get it, share it with your people and i appreciate it thank you guys go pick it up today kick off your boots or suit up the choice is yours welcome back to second shot on rncm we're also going to get to give away some hats yes no two episodes back we announced the first five emails we get a second shot hat mailed to them and before we get into aaron's story i want to kind of I want to tell who those are and then let you know, too, on the next episode, we're going to get more into the emails that they, y'all, you guys actually sent, some questions some of you guys have and some of that we'll get into on, that ne- on the next episode. Um, and so we have five. We have the five winners. We do. Yeah, do Is we that a, a good drum roll? Drum roll <laughs> no. effect or something? No, it was a start. Aaron said it was a <laughs> it start. Um, I got to first say the number one email. Um, if you all know, I, I said, hey, look, I don't care what you send. Just send an email. Say, I love Zach, whatever. So Jeff uh, Bird can't you know 
Jeff Rollo is a jokester because his it was exactly I love Zach and nothing else in the subject line. Yeah. So Jeff, nice. You were number one. That was great and hilarious, and that was smart. I well like done. it. Um, you'll be getting a hat. Uh, number two, our friend Brenda Walker. You got one coming your way. Mm. Number three, Jennifer Richards. Um, Jennifer's actually I, I know Jennifer, um, and she told me she sent an email in. She was like, I hope it's in the top five. Um, she's one of my top sales managers, so I was like, I'll give you one anyways. But you were number three. You're getting one. Uh, number four was Preston Richards. And number five was Ken Hansen. You will all be getting um, a second shot hat in the mail any day now. So thank you for sending your emails. We're going to get into y'all's questions, some stuff y'all say on the next episode as well. Um, so we'll y'all listen back next episode, and we're going to address some of the stuff that y'all have in there. Um, but... What I really want to get to is Aaron's story because I, I I love Aaron's story and and you know when I when I first met um, Aaron I kind of had a man crush on him because I was like I just liked him a lot like a, like I could just see having the beer with him you know he's been through a lot he's gone for the risk and I I so have so much respect for people that go for what they love right yeah. no matter what it is no matter what the you know through the like having some of the highest highs you know to starting over and to going with it like i just you i just have so much respect for um the people that do that that and that also have the spirit that you have that you're always um, a positive person looking for better things to be better at yourself and do all that and i think it's great and and i feel like your story um will really be able to um resonate and help you know some listeners that are listening that, that maybe there's some stuff they've been through as well and and I think it's always important to know and hear other people's stuff, the realness, you know, as we said, that instead of these fake people that put up their stuff that act like they have nothing wrong and never been through anything, um, everybody knows I'm about as raw and real as it can be. And I tell, you know, I literally have a book about myself that told everything bad and ugly. I don't shy from because I think that's what's important, especially for the younger people to know that that's real. And yeah. so I, I'd love for you to tell your story and, and where you've been, where you're going, what you're looking for and all that. Yeah, thanks, man. Well, um, I, uh, where do I start? Grew up in a little, uh, you know, little country town in Australia, about three hours west of Melbourne. And um, I started playing guitar when I was about 10 years old. Do you all have kangaroos around where you grew Oh, yeah. Up? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do they I mean, actually come not, after you like Fachi? They're not like, you know, going down the main street of, <laughs> yeah, yeah. of, of the, the, yeah. the nearest town or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you, if you're driving in the country, you'll see them. They don't come after you. Um, but they, I mean, the big guys, the reds, the big reds, they are like, they're like bodybuilders on steroids. That's crazy. You can actually see their rippled muscles. Wow. And they're like, you know, they're like wanna, eight, eight feet tall. Yeah. That's so cool. And they've got a big claw. That's you know? cool. So yeah, we grew up with all that stuff. Koala bears. Koala bears are smelly, um, grumpy animals. I've heard those really? are, those are very not, belligerent they're, they're animals. Cute. Yeah, they're, they're not always, cool. They're drunk on eucalyptus. <laughs> okay. Or high. <laughs> Good that's to know. awesome. Yeah, yeah so we grew I've, up. I've heard they're weird. Yeah, yeah that's you awesome. know, our first trip, Tiff was freaking out. <laughs> that's you know? awesome. Yeah. Um, so anyway, grew up in a, in a really great country, but always just you know, I just wanted to to play music. You know, it was just it called me, and um, I was about. I had my first break uh, when I was about 23 years old in, in Melbourne. Um, I heard that my hero, the, the guy that has the, the highest selling album of all time in Australia, 24 times platinum, his name's John Farnham. He's one of the greatest singers ever to ever have lived as well. He's an incredible, incredible singer. And I'd go see him at arenas um, in, in Melbourne. He'd sell like 10 nights out in a row. He's like Garth Brooks or 
George Bruce, Strait. Bruce Springsteen, the him, biggest, yeah. the biggest yeah. household name. I heard he was making a new album. So I had this crazy idea. You talk about risk. Yeah. Um, I had this crazy idea to send in this song. I wrote this song one night in my little garage studio and I just felt, this was destiny. Yeah. It really was. I just felt John Farnham singing this song. Yeah. So I thought, you know, I'm going to find the, the best piano player that I know. And um, he helped me make a, a little $80 piano vocal demo on a cassette <laughs> back when the cassettes oh, yeah. were happening. Oh, yeah. you know? And um, I did some research um, and found, found out how to get that tape to his record company office, which wasn't far from my house in Melbourne, and dropped it there. And I told people about it, and I remember people laughing at me. Yeah, because they're like, that went to the like, trash. Oh, yeah. Good luck. Totally. Like, and, and, these, and demos always do. They go into the mm -hmm. punter's bin, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yep. And they usually never get listened to. But he, for some reason, this album this year, they had a policy that they were going to listen to every single song. Oh, wow. So six weeks later, I'm working as a delivery driver in Melbourne at the time. <laughs> so like 10, 9 or 10 o'clock in the morning, my cell phone rings, and the voice says, hi, can I speak to Aaron Hendra? And I recognized the voice. Wow. It was him. Wow. It was my hero calling me on the phone. And it was That's just crazy. like one of the most incredible feelings and moments you could ever imagine. And so I pulled over and he said, listen, we just listened to your song five times in a row. It's unbelievable. Who the hell are you? <laughs> yeah. you know, and I'm a delivery wow. driver. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, <laughs> I mean, it was just the world stopped for me in that second. And I was so happy. And, I, and he said, listen, I love love your singing i love your voice the way you sang it we love the song we're going to try to record it nine months later went on the album wow. made it made it on the album miracle multi-platinum album multi-platinum album i remember the, the, the last show of the tour was in melbourne and i was he got me some seats yeah so i was sitting way at the back i don't know why he didn't get me good seats yeah but, uh, but see yeah he got one of your songs how come it, he couldn't get you good multi-platinum album what are yeah, you gonna get good seats I, I don't know what the deal was but anyway i was still very very proud and it came to to the part of the show where he was going to sing my song yeah. And he said, There's he, this next song we're going to do is, is written by a young guy in the audience tonight. Uh, he, he said, Aaron, if you're out there, um, go to the security desk. I've got some passes for you. I want to have a beer with you after the show in front of 16,000 wow. people. Oh, wow. And so that was just an amazing thing. So that, that set me off on this crazy journey. That was about 20 years ago now. Um, but my dream was always to do that in America. Now, obviously, it's a lot harder. Yeah. But I just, I, I, you know, that made me believe that I'm a hit songwriter. Yeah. I know I'm going to have more hits. Yeah. And after that, you know, my best buddy was playing in a band called Savage Garden. Yep. And oh, Anybody yeah. know Savage? Yeah, Truly, Madly, Deeply? Yeah, yeah sure. I loved Great. Truly, Madly, Deeply. Yeah, they had massive success. So Ben Carey was playing guitar with them. And mm -hmm. we met in a guitar shop when we were kids. So we, we always had bands together. And, you know, he was like, man, we got to do our own stuff. we got to do our own stuff. And I'd just written a bunch of demos. So... We, um, we did some networking, got a really powerful attorney in LA yeah. and thought, let's just go to the States. Instead of spending 10 years in, in, in Australia, mm -hmm. let's go straight to the States. And that power of intention was yep. so strong that we ended up getting a record deal in a week of meetings with all the major wow. labels. We got a deal with Hollywood Records and moved to LA. Wow. And then a um, very exciting start. Uh, they, loved the, you know, they loved us. They loved our songs. But we just got lost in the muck complete jungle that the music industry is and we didn't have any really experienced people around us that we could turn to and tried to work with a bunch of producers everyone got fired at the record label which is what happens yeah and um we ended up losing the deal at the end of the year so at that point i'm like okay risk again yeah. risk faith what am i going to do and i decided that no matter what my life is about music and writing songs i'm never going to give up and i got married at this, about that time just after that 
Um, and greatest gift that I've ever been given, you know, Tiff. And she's just always believed in me. Um, so I had to pay the bills after that. And, you know, I decided I'm doing music, but got to make some money. So I started building hospitals. I got a job with a guy that owned a construction company yeah. who always loved our music and just wanted to help me. So I started as a laborer, worked my way up through the company. And he was, you know, he wanted to groom me to run the company one day. Yeah. After a year, I was doing such a good job there because I was the first to the to the job site every morning and the last to leave I worked I built computers for the company they had old computers did everything you know but um, prayed every day for a second chance with my music because I hadn't finished my album yeah and that was the whole reason I wanted to come you to never got to, to make finish it no I started, had the songs people believe there were hit songs in there uh, we recorded like a hundred grand's worth of strings at the LA Philharmonica you know in, in, a, in Ocean Way Studios in Hollywood doesn't get any better than that yeah but no one had heard it so I had to finish this album. And um, about four and a half years after I started construction, a miracle happened. Uh, um, an amazing guy who's one of my family now, um, my best buddies, believed in me, backed me, helped me start my own little label, finished the album in a world-class way. And it's on iTunes now. It's called October Song. I'm really happy with it. I'm really proud of it. Um, well, I have so much to fit into the story in, in just oh, a yeah. few minutes, but um, I got that finished and, and um, about, we've been in Dallas about four years. End of 2013, my business partner said he was going to leave LA and I thought, you know what, I've finished my album, it's time for a change, I really want Tiff to have a fuller life and she's from Texas, you know, she's yeah. born in Houston and spent yeah. a lot of time in, in Dallas, so I thought, I actually prayed about it because I'm like I have faith, you know what yeah. I mean. And 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 it, God has. If it wasn't for God, I'd be gone. History. Um, so, you know, I thought, what do I do next? Prayed about it. Just Dallas was like ringing, you know yeah, what I yeah. mean. So, you know, took the risk. And people were scratching their heads that I was telling in yeah, LA. Yeah, yeah, because like, you, you want to be you music and you leave LA. Yeah. yeah. Why would you go to Dallas? You know. But I just had this feeling. So we moved to Dallas. Um, and seven months later, Tiff booked a role on a TV show on Bravo. Yep. And that, even though, I mean, there's good and bad we can talk about With the that Real Housewives of Dallas, yeah. Ooh. But, but, you know, the great thing is it gave us an incredible boost that would have taken to us platforms. years. Yeah. You know what I mean? I went from doing, like, open mic nights and 10 shows a year to over 100 shows a year. Yeah. And at the end of this year, I'll have done... Two hundred, uh, sorry, close to five hundred, probably over five hundred solo acoustic shows. Wow, this year, and that's, that's what I never wild. had as an LA songwriter. Yeah, I was always starving for gigs. Mm. You know, I could never get enough time on stage because it's hard to play in LA. You got to drag two hundred people to shows in LA, otherwise yeah. you got to pay to play. But there's such a demand for live music in Dallas, mm -hmm. so that risk paid off, and now I have fifteen hundred hours of hard guitar playing and singing. That you're just constantly getting better. Uh, it's, I've grown so much as a performer and that's really what I wanted to do. So again, that risk paid off and I just want to encourage anyone out there that's got a dream. I mean, you've got to be willing to work hard. You've got to pay your dues, but you can't, you can't sit and let no one know about your talent, your skill, your dream. You have to let the world know about your dream and then have the courage to back it up and the hard work to back it up. And you know? I think also to know that like what I love about your story too is, you know, you go, you, you, you hit the jackpot you know, by taking the risk and doing, just when people say luck, right? They say, oh, Aaron was lucky with that first hit. But understand something. How many people would have never recorded that song, never drove down there to put it because they just thought it was a lost cause? Mm. When he did it, 
they heard it. How's that? I don't understand how people all say that's just lucky when you got to go put your name in the hat to to get luck, right? I mean, you you know, if you don't put your name in the hat, you're not going to get it. But you hit that high, you come to L.A., you get the deal, and then you have to humble yourself and go work in construction to go up. And that's what I, I think a lot of people got to understand, too. Is you didn't give up on your dream by doing that, but you had to do some practical things. Yeah, it was hard, man. Putting that construction uniform on for the first day was devastating to me because I thought when we had that, we had a house in the Hollywood Hills, million dollar record deal we thought we were rock stars oh yeah and then to go to put a construction uniform on was, was tough very humbling but i'm glad i did you know because it made me grow and it made me realize that no matter what you i'm wearing you never get lost I'm in the, the muck again i bet i bet you never let that get the best of you again you know what i just i i, I have good memories of that time and i grew <laughs> so much yeah but i just want i want to say one thing about doing it like sending the song in or not sending the song in i truly believe that you create the opportunity yeah it's not that the opportunity exists or it doesn't exist yep. you create it you yep. create that opportunity we created the record deal created the tv show by having the faith and the risk and stepping out you create the opportunity that you're dreaming of you know that's the law of attraction yep absolutely or the bible you know if you what yep as a man thinketh you know what i mean whatever you believe um and ask for you can achieve i truly believe that the bible says it law of attraction says it yep you know i agree anthony robbins says it. yeah yeah. (laughs) and all the great people online there's so much so many resources online um it's amazing you know so just step out you will create the opportunity if you want it bad enough and you believe in it yeah i love your story i love the uh, i love that i i there's there's so many people that wouldn't be willing to humble themselves and 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 to to do those things and that says a lot about your character that says a lot about who you are um and and to fight and claw your back way up to it uh, up to where you are now i mean i that's the amount of respect and that's that i have for you and and why your character is how it is because you've gone through all of those things and and i think it's extremely awesome and um thank you i'm I'm, I'm positive somebody out there this grabbed somebody and and is hitting somebody because they may be they may have went after their dream and now they're back in a construction uniform thinking it's over and realize it's not over. You, you got another shot. You got to go with it. So, um, yeah. Where can we find you at, Zach? Oh, uh, well, real quick, before we get yep. to me, I want to say congrats to Jeff, Brenda, Jennifer, Preston, and Ken. Yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll hit you up on email. We'll figure out your address. We'll make it happen. Yes, you can find me at AppleZachintosh on Twitter and Instagram. I'm also in that Facebook group. Hit us up at Second Shot. Facebook, Facebook group. group. Second, Second Shot, shot. group. Yeah, it's fine. It's great. <laughs> Check it out. Aaron, where can they find you at? Where can they connect with you? AaronHendra.com. Or, okay. you know, Instagram, Aaron Hendra. YouTube, Aaron Hendra. Okay. Second Shot Facebook group. Go join it. Be a part of it. Um, it's a great deal. We're sharing a lot of awesome things. And uh, we will see you next time. Ed Heath Oaks, Ignorance on Fire. Love you guys on the next time of Second Shot.